Kia ora. it's Friday 3rd of May 2019 and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, uh, founder of Boucher Consulting, a tax consultancy dedicated to bringing a, a better tax system for all and a better tax stories for everyone. Um, this Week in Tax, well, is it back to normal in the wake of the government's decisions to uh, following the tax on the tax working group recommendations, why what's going on internationally, and why you shouldn't be spending any refund that you get from inland revenue that turns up unexpectedly. The fallout from the government's decisions not to proceed with the uh, a capital gains tax um, two weeks ago is still continuing. Um, and in that the tax community is wondering what happens next. Several pieces have been written by um, various parties talking about what, uh, what is going to happen, what was left in the, the, the reports, recommendations that has gone through for what you might call implementation. But also some people are taking a longer term view on this matter. On Tuesday, I was part of a panel with uh, tax working group member Craig Elliff, Professor Craig Elliff, and Revenue Minister Stuart Nash. And both uh, Craig and um, Minister Nash brought out the fact that at some stage in the future, the pressures, the demographic pressures around rising superannuation costs and rising healthcare costs will need mean that some form of tax, uh, take the tax take will have to be increased in some form. Where that comes from is a, another matter. GST has been ruled out or is thought to be too regressive as falls heavily on the uh, on low income point that Andrea Black made last week. Um, and although GST is a very efficient tax, that is its biggest single drawback. So, but possibly that could happen. Um, I understand that uh, one uh, Joanna Hodge, also of the tax work group, pointed out that raising um, GST to 16% would have raised as much in tax as was expected to be raised from a capital gains tax. But the point remains that the taxation of capital is going to be an issue going forward um, with how we deal with that. The top, top the uh, party, the um, Opportunities Party is still a fan of some form of direct equity tax, taxing persons equity in a home. And Susan St. John, from Child Poverty Action Group Auckland has also pointed this out in an article. I'll put links to these in the uh, in the transcript. Um, but so in the meantime, it's all, you might think it's business, back to business as normal. Um, and to some extent it is, of course, the interesting thing now for, for us all is how Inland Revenue Beds in its new transformation uh, project. And that is actually some point that I made um, going forward is that one of the points that I'd come across in my, uh, in my role on the Small Business Council was a paper, was some writings from the British Office of Tax Simplification, in which the author, a former director of the Office of Tax Simplification, actually said that in some cases, simplifying the tax system by is not as straightforward uh, as you might think, because reliefs or processes are so embedded into the system, it's very hard to unpick. He suggested that a better approach would be to try and 
smooth make people's person's interactions with that um, system as painless as smooth as possible that's certainly something that inland revenue is attempting to do with its new business transformation internationally um, uh, Craig Elif had some interesting comments on this field in that um, the pressure seems to be building around the world for looking at the equipment of a digital services tax now later this month the government will be releasing a discussion document on this topic. Um, but the point, the, the reason pressure is building internationally is that the OEC Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD's, what we call base erosion and profit shifting initiative, BEPS, is a very laborious and slow process in, in change. It's moving, moving quite fast in terms of uh, tax legislate uh, in in sort of tax policy terms but in terms of politically swift changes um that the beps initiative is going to take some time to bed in because you have to get consensus across a wide range wide group groups of wide range of countries and particularly when one of those countries is the united states where the um the um tech companies have a, a very strong influence through the lobbyist on tax legislation. You can expect that change will happen quite slowly. And by the by, um, the British um, HMRC, uh, a report surfaced this week, that the British HMRC, uh, HM Revenue and Customs, estimated that US multinationals had underpaid their tax for the 2017-18 year by several billion pounds. Um, one of the interesting dynamics in this space is that public pressure is the public the voters are very keen to see multinationals pay more the multinationals aren't so keen and how that dynamic is playing out around the world is is interesting to watch what, what is happening is that many countries more and more countries are sort of breaking ranks um, from the oecd's beps initiative and imposing or proposing uh, digital services tax. Anyway, this is watch, watch, watch this space. There's a lot going on, and the OECD also released its latest um, model tax convention. This is the convention uh, by which double tax agreements between countries are are, um, are meant to follow. With obviously, countries will negotiate various uh, variations on these. Um, the online text runs to two thousand six hundred and twenty-four pages. So whatever you do, don't press print accidentally. And finally, as I said, in the back back to normal this week, inland revenue systems came back up online on 26th of April after it, it completed its upgrade um, for its release, what it calls release three. And this is the one where all individuals will be issued an automatic square up, uh, uh, end of year square up for the year just ended 30, to March 31. March 31st, 2019. And that's about 2 million people are going to be affected by it. These people just simply on page weren't and have no other uh, sources of income. Um, now, as part of the process that run up to this, Inland Revenue has been very assiduously clearing out and refunding unexplained to it, unexplained credit balances. And this has caused some consternation in the tax community because sometimes we will tell clients to pay in advance to stop the clock running on interest or to um, or 
basically make some payments on account. Or sometimes clients just think I've got some spare cash flow. Um, I don't. Um, I don't want to find myself short when it comes to tax payment time. So I'll just uh, pay this to inland revenue. And it seems that inland revenue systems have been rather zealously um, refunding what it regards as unexplained balances, which has led to a whole pile of communications between clients as, and tax agents to, hang on, I've just got this refund. What? Why, why is this and can I spend it? Um, the short answer is it's probably in error, in error and don't, but watch this space. By the way, just on one other thing coming up on the um, this in the next week, we think, maybe even later today, is the Welfare Expert Advisory Group may be reporting and its final reports. Now, this was part of the, the system that what's the, of this interest from the tax perspective is this is the group that was looking at the interaction between tax and social assistance, where the, for example, what constitutes income for uh, determining what working for families tax credits a person can get. And those working for family tax credits, if you're above the threshold, which is 42,500, you then have the credits abated at 25% or 25 cents per dollar, um, which effectively puts someone on that wage on a 42%, um, say someone just earning over 42,500, they're on an effective, what we call an effective marginal tax rate of 42.5%, i.e. 17.5% income tax plus 25%. Um, for the working for families tax credits. Obviously, if your income's above 48,000, then your um, tax rate goes to 30%. So your effective marginal rate goes up to 55%. And if you're on the top marginal rate, um, for, uh, for over 70,000, then your effective marginal tax rate is 58%. It's a, it's a big problem in the system, not well understood by many people. And it's it's an it's a fairly intractable problem. So it'll be interesting to see what the welfare expert advisory group has had to say on that. So next week, I'm hoping to be expected to be joined by another former member of the tax working group, uh, ecological economist Marianne van der Belt. So that's it for the week in tax. I'm Terry Boucher, and you can download this podcast on your. On your, from your usual site, SoundCloud, wherever, um, or you can find it on our website, www.boucher.tax. Please um, circulate this to your friends and, uh, and be, feel free to fire in any comments when the transcript appears later, um, uh, probably on Monday, on interest.co.nz. Until next time, have a great week. This is Kakiti Ahono. <laughs>